0: and welcome back to another episode of reading harry potter with an 11 year old today we are going to be reading harry potter and the philosopher's stone chapter 6 the journey from platform and nine and three quarters um i'll only be reading the first half today um yeah let's get right into it please make sure to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on And if you're coming here to listen to some Harry Potter and you haven't read it before, do make sure to check out my other episodes. Um, I have chapter one all the way through to probably all seven books. I really hope you, uh, you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is intended for everyone of all ages, whether it be one years old or all the way up to one trillion years old. Uh, yeah, because no matter how poor you are, how rich you are, um, where you come from, um, everyone just deserves to listen to some Harry Potter. So that's why I'm here making this podcast. Um, if, I f- if I read a little bit slower or different than my usual reading level, please do note I literally just lost the grand finals in- because I play hockey and i lost grand finals so i came runners up and it's really really disappointing so if i have a um if i make more mistakes or something just please do know i'm just a tiny bit upset um i don't really want to waste any more time uh, let's get started please make sure to uh share this podcast with your friends and family if they enjoy harry potter and i don't want to waste any more time here's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, Chapter 6, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters, the first half. Okay, Chapter 6, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Harry's last month with the Dursleys wasn't fun. True, Dudley was now so scared of Harry, he wouldn't stay in the same room. While Aunt Petunia and his Uncle Vernon and Uncle Vernon didn't shut Harry in his cupboard, force him to do anything, or shout at him at all. In fact, they didn't speak at to him at all. Half terrified, half furious, they acted as though any chair with Harry in it was empty. Although this was an improvement in many ways, it did become a bit depressing after a while. Harry kept to his room with his new owl for company. He had decided to call her Hedwig, a name he had found in A History of Magic. His school books were very interesting. He lay on his bed, reading late into the night, Hedwig swooping in and out of the open window as he pleased. It was lucky that Arthur Jr. didn't come to Hoover anymore because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. Every night before he went to sleep, Harry ticked off another piece of paper he had pinned on to the wall counting down September the 1st. On the the last day of August, he thought he'd better speak to his aunt and uncle about getting to King's Cross Station the next day, so he went into the living room where they were watching a quiz show on television. He cleared his throat to let them know he was in the room. Uh, He was there. And Dudley screamed and ran from the room. Uh, Uncle Vernon. Uncle Vernon grunted to show he was listening. Uh, ''I need to be at King's Cross tomorrow uh, to to go to Hogwarts.'' Uncle Vernon grunted again. ''Would it be alright if you gave me a lift?'' Grunt. Harry supposed that meant yes. ''Thank you.'' He was about to go back upstairs when Uncle Vernon actually spoke. ''Funny way to get to a wizard school, the train. Magic carpets all got punctures, have they?'' Harry didn't say anything. ''Where is this school anyway?'' I don't know," said Harry, realizing this for the first time. He pulled the ticket out. He pulled out the ticket Hagrid had given him uh, from out of his pocket. "I just take the train from platform nine and three quarters at eleven o'clock," he said. His aunt and uncle stared. "Platform what? Nine and three quarters?" "Don't talk rubbish," said Uncle Vernon. "There is no platform nine and three quarters." It's it's on my ticket. Barkin, said Uncle Vernon. Howlin' mad a lot of them. You see, just wait. All right, we'll take it to King's Cross. We're going up to London anyway tomorrow anyway. Or I wouldn't bother. Why are you going to London? Harry asked, trying to keep things friendly. Taking Dudley to the hospital, ground Uncle Vernon. Gotta have that ruddy tail removed before he goes to smeltings. Harry woke up at 5 o'clock the next morning and he was too excited and nervous to go back to sleep. He got up and pulled on his jeans because he didn't want to walk in the station in his wizard robes. He'd changed on the train. He'd, make, he'd checked every his Hogwarts list and yet again to make sure he had everything he needed, saw that Hedwig was shut safely in a cage, then paced up the room, waiting for the Dursleys to get up. Two hours later, Harry's huge heavy trunk uh, had been loaded into the Dursley's car. Aunt Petunia had talked Dudley into sitting next to Harry and they had set off. They reached King's Cross at half past ten. Uncle Vernon dumped Harry's trunk on a trolley and wheeled it into a station for him. Harry thought this was strangely kind until Uncle Vernon stopped dead facing the platforms with a nasty grin on his face platform 9 platform 10 well there you are boy your platform should be in the middle somewhere but they don't seem to have built it yet do they he was quite right of course there was a big plastic number over 9 over a uh, big plastic number 9 over one platform and a big plastic number 10 over one over the one next to it and in the middle nothing at all have a good turn," said Uncle Vernon, with an even nastier smile. He left without ev- he left without another word. Harry saw- turned and saw the Dursleys drive away. All three will all three of them were laughing. Harry's mouth went rather dry. What on earth was he going to do? He was he was starting to attract a lot of funny looks because of Hedwig. He'd have to ask someone. He stopped a passing guard. But didn't dare mention any uh, he didn't dare mention platform nine and three quarters the guy had never heard of Hogwarts and when Harry couldn't tell of uh, what when and when Harry couldn't even tell him what part of the country it was in he started to get annoyed as though Harry was being stupid on purpose getting desperate Harry asked for the train that left Ale- uh, Harry asked for the train that left at 11 o'clock, but the guard said that wa- there wasn't one. In the end, the guard strode away, muttering about time wasters. Harry was now trying hard not to panic. According to the large clock uh, over the arrival boards, he had 10 minutes left to get on the train to Hogwarts, and he had no idea how to do it. He he was stranded in the middle of a station with a trunk he could hardly lift a pocket full of wizard money, and a large owl. Hagrid must have forgotten to tell him something you had to do, like tapping the third brick on the left to get into Diagon Alley. He wondered if she should get out his wand and start tapping the ticket box between platforms 9 and 10. At that moment, a group of people passed just behind him, and he caught a few words of what they were saying. Packed with muggles, of course. Harry swung round. The speaker was a plump woman who was talking to four boys all with flaming hair. Each of them was pushing a trunk like Harry's in front of him, and they had an owl. Heart-hammering, Harry pushed his trolley after them. So uh, They stopped, and so did he, just near enough to hear what they were saying. "'Now, what's the platform number?' said the boy's mother. Nine and three quarters!' piped a small girl." Red-headed, also holding her hand. Mom, can't I go? You're not old enough, Ginny. Now be quiet. All right, Percy, you go first. What looked like the oldest boy marched towards platform nine and ten. Harry watched, careful not to blink in case he missed it. But just as the boy reached the divide between the two platforms, a large crowd of tourists came swarming in front of him, and by the time the last rucksack had cleared away, the boy had vanished. Fred! You next, the plump woman said. I'm not Fred, I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, call yourself our mother? Can't you tell that I'm George? Sorry, George dear. Only joking, I am Fred, said the boy, and he went off. His twin called after him to hurry up, and he must have done, because a second later he had gone. But how had he done it? Now the third brother was walking towards brisk- briskly towards the ticket barrier. He was almost there, then quite suddenly he wasn't there, any- he wasn't anywhere. Um there was nothing else for it. "Excuse me," Harry said to the plump woman. "Hello, dear," she said. First time at Hogwarts? Ron's new too." She pointed to the last and youngest of her sons. He was tall, thin and gangling. Tall, thin, and gangly, with freckles, big hands, and feet, and a long nose. Yes, said Harry. The thing is, the thing is, I don't know how to get to, how to get onto the platform, she said kindly, and Harry nodded. Not to worry, she said. All you have to do is walk straight at the barrier between nine, uh, between platforms nine and ten. Don't stop, and don't be scared. You'll crash into it. Uh, that's very important. Now, bit. Best do it at a bit of a run if you're nervous. Go on. Go on now before Ron. Uh, okay. He pushed his trolley round and stared at the barrier. It looked very solid. He started to walk towards it. People jostled him on their way to platforms 9 and 10. Harry walked more quickly. He was going to smash right to the ticket box and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward on his trolley, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer, but he wouldn't be able to stop. The trolley was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes, ready for a crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting next to a platform packed with people. A sign overhead said, Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. Harry looked between him and saw a wrought iron archway, where the ticket box had been, with the the words Platform Nine and Three Quarters on it. He had done it. Smoke from the engine drifted overhead and the chattering crowd, while the cats of every colour wound here and there between their legs. uh, Owls hooted to each other in a disgruntled sort of way over the babble and scraping of heavy trucks. The first few carriages were... Already packed with students, some hanging out of the window to talk to their families, some fighting over seats. Harry pushed his trolley off down the platform um, in search of an empty seat. He passed a round-faced boy who was saying, Gran, I've lost my toad again. Oh, Neville. He heard the old woman sigh. A boy with dreadlocks was surrounded by a small crowd. Give us a look, Lee. Go on. The boy lifted the lid of the box in his arms, and the people around him shrieked as and yelled as if something poked out as something inside poked out a long hairy leg. Harry pressed on through the crowd until he found an empty compartment near the end of the train. He put Hedwig inside first, then started to shove and heave his trunk towards the door. He tried to lift it up the steps, but could hardly raise one end and twice, and he dropped it painfully on his foot. You want a hand? It was one of the red-haired boys he f- followed through the ticket box. Oh, yes, please, Harry panted. Oi, Fred, come here and help. With the twins' help, um, Harry's trunk was tucked away in the corner of a compartment thanks said harry pushing his sweaty hair out of his eyes what's that uh, said one of the twins suddenly pointing at harry's lightning scar blimey said the other twin are you he is said the first twin aren't you he pointed to harry what said harry harry potter chorused the twins oh lo- oh him said harry i mean yeah i am the two boys gawped at him and Harry felt himself going red. Then, to his relief, a voice came floating through the train's open door. ''Fred, George, are you there?'' ''Coming, Mum.'' With one last look at Harry, the twins hopped off the train. Harry sat down to the, next to the window, where, half-hidden, he could watch the red-haired family on the platform and hear what they were saying. Their mother had just taken out her handkerchief. ''Ron, you've got something on your nose.'' But The youngest boy tried to jerk out of the way, but she grabbed him and began rubbing the end of his nose. "Mum, get off, he wriggled free. Ah, has Uncle Ronnie got something on his nose, said one of the twins. Shut up, said Ron. Where's Percy, said their mother. He's coming now. The oldest boy came striding into sight. He had already changed into his billowing sh- uh, black Hogwarts robes, and Harry noticed a shiny, uh, a shiny red and gold badge on his chest with the letter P on it. Can't stay long, Mother," he said. "I'm up the front. The prefects have got two compartments to themselves." "Oh, are you a prefect, Percy?" said one of the twins with an air of great surprise. "You should have said something. We had no idea." "Hang on, I." Think I remember him saying something about it, said the other twin. Once or twice, a minute, all summer. Oh, shut up, said Percy the prefect. How come Percy gets new robes anyway, said one of the twins. Because he's a prefect, said their mother fondly. All right, dear. Well, have a good turn. Send me an hour when you get there. She kissed Percy on the cheek. And he left. She turned to the two twins. Now, you two, this year you behave yourselves. If I get one more owl telling me you've you've blown up a toilet, all-. blown up a toilet. We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea though. Thanks, Mom. It is not funny. And look after Ron. Don't. Don't worry. Uncle Ronnykins is safe with us. Shut up," said Ron again. He was almost as tall as the twins already, and his nose was still pink from where his mother had rubbed it. "'Hey, Mum, guess what? Guess who we met on the train?' Harry leant back so hard, so quickly, that they couldn't see him looking. "'You know that black-haired boy who was nearest in the station? "'Know who he is? Who? Harry Potter!' Harry heard the little girl's voice. "'Oh, Mum, can I go on the train and see him? Oh, Mum, please!' You've already seen him Ginny and the poor boy isn't something to goggle at in a zoo. Is he really Fred? How do you know? Asked him, saw his lightning scar. It's really there. Like lightning. Poor dear, no wonder he was a loner. I wondered. Um he was so polite when he asked to get how to get onto that platform. Never mind that. "'Do you think he remembers what you know who looks like?' "'Their mother suddenly became very stern. "'I forbid you to ask him, Fred. Don't you dare.' "'As though he needs reminding of that on his first day at school. "'All right, keep your hair on.' "'A whistle sounded. "'Hurry up,' their mother said, "'and the three boys clambered onto the train. "'They went out of the window for her to kiss them and kiss them goodbye.' And their younger sister began to cry. Don't worry, Jenny, we'll send you lots loads of love. And we'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat. George! Only joking, mum. The train began to move. Harry saw the boy's mother waving and their sister, half crying, half laughing, running up to keep with the train until it gathered too much speed. Then she fell back and waved. Harry watched the girl and her mother disappear as the train rounded the corner. Uh, houses flashed past the window. Harry felt a great leap of excitement. He didn't know what he was going to, but it had to be better than what he was leaving behind. He didn't know that, um... He didn't, uh... But it had to be better than what he was leaving behind. The door of the compartment slid open, and the the youngest redhead boy came in. Anyone sitting there, he asked, pointing to the... Um, sorry, uh, anyone sitting there, he asked, pointing to the seat, at the seat opposite Harry. Everywhere else is full. Harry shook his head, and the boy sat down. He glanced at Harry, then looked quickly out of the window, pretending he hadn't looked. Harry saw uh, saw that he still had a black mark on his nose. Hey Ron, the twins were back. Listen, we're going down to the middle of the train. Lee Jordan's got a giant tarantula down there. Right, mumbled Ron. Harry, said the other twin, did we introduce ourselves? Uh, Fred and George Weasley. This is Ron, our brother. See you later then. Bye, said Harry and Ron. The twins slid out of the compart- slid the compartment door and shut behind them. Are you really Harry Potter? Ron blurted out. Harry nodded. Oh, well, I thought it might be one of Fred and George's jokes, said Ron. And have you really got you know he pulled, but he pointed at Harry's head. Harry pulled back his fringe to show the light in the scar. Ron stared, so that's where you know who, yes, said Harry, but I can't remember it. Nothing said Ron eagerly. Well, I do remember a lot of green light, but nothing else. Wow, said Ron. He s- he sat and stared at Harry for a few minutes. For a few moments. Then, as though he quick- quickly realised what he was doing. He quickly looked out of the window. No, uh, Quickly realised he was doing. He quickly looked out of the window again. Are all your family wizards? Asked Harry. Who found Ron just as interesting as Ron found him. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think my second aunt's gotten an. Count is, uh, I think mom's got a second cousin who's an accountant, but we never really talk about him. You must know loads of magic already. The Weasleys were clearly clearly one of those old wizarding families the pale boy in Diagon Alley had talked about. I heard you want to live with muggles, Um, said Ron. What are they like? Horrible. Well, not all of them. My aunt and uncle and cousin are, though. I wish I'd have three wizard brothers, five said Ron for some reason he was looking gloomy. I'm the sixth enough family to go to Hogwarts. You could say I've got a lot a lot to live up to. Uh, Bill and Charlie have already left. Bill was head boy, and Charlie was a captain of Quidditch. Now, Percy's a prefect, Fred and George mess around a lot, but they still get really good marks, and everyone thinks they're really funny. Everyone expects me to do as well as the others. But if I do, it's no big deal, because they did it first. You never get anything new either Uh, with five brothers. I got Bill's old robes, Charlie's old wand, and Percy's old rat. Ron reached inside his jacket and pulled out a fat grey rat which was asleep. His name's Scabbers and he is useless. He hardly ever wakes up. Percy's got an owl from my dad for being made a prefect. But they couldn't af I mean, I've got scabbers instead. Harry, uh, Ron's ears went pink. He seemed to think he'd said too much because he went back to staring out of the window. Harry didn't think there was anything wrong not being able to afford an owl. After all, he'd never had enough money in his life until about a month ago, and he told Ron so, all about, ne- uh, all about having to wear Dudley's old clothes and never getting proper birthday presents. This seemed to cheer one up, Ron up. And until Hagrid told me, I didn't know anything about being a wizard, All my parents, all Voldemort. Ron gasped. What? said Harry. You said you know whose name! said Ron, sounding both shocked and impressed. I thought you, of all people, I'm not trying to be brave or anything saying the name, I just never knew you shouldn't. See what I mean? I've got loads to learn, I bet he added voicing for the first time, something that he'd been worrying a lot about lately. I bet I'm the worst in the class. You won't be. There's loads of people who come from muggle families and they learn quickly enough. While they had been talking, the train had carried them out of London. They now were speeding past fields full of cows and sheep. They were quiet for a time, watching the fields and lanes flick past. Around half past twelve, there was a great clattering outside in the corridor, and a smiling, dimpled woman slid back their door and said, "'Anything off the trolley, dears?" Harry, who hadn't had any breakfast, slept to his feet. But Ron's ears went pink again, and he muttered that he'd brought a sandwich. Harry went out into the corridor. Uh, he had never had much, any money for sweets with the Dursleys, and now he had pockets rattling with gold and silver. He was ready to buy as many Mars bars as he could carry, but the woman didn't have Mars bars. What she did have were birdie bots, every flavor beans, Dribble's um Dribble's best blowing gum, chocolate frogs, pumpkin pasties, and cauldron cakes, licorice wands, and a number of other strange things Harry had never seen in his life. Not wanting to miss anything, he paid some of he got some of everything. And paid the woman eleven silver sickles and seven bronze nuts. Harry stared as, uh, Ron stared as Harry brought it all back into the compartment, in, into the compartment, and tipped it on an empty seat. Hungry are you? Starving, said Harry, taking a large bite out of a pumpkin pasty. Ron had taken out a lumpy package and unwrapped it. There were four sandwiches in there. He pulled one of them apart and said. She always forgets I don't like corned beef. Swap you one of these, said Harry, holding up a pasty. Go on. You don't want all of this. It's all dry, Ron added. She hasn't got much time, she added, he added quickly. You know, with all of us, all five of us. Go on, have a pasty, said Harry, who had never had anything to share before, or indeed anyone to share it with. It was a nice feeling. Sitting there it was a nice feeling sitting there with Ron, eating their way through Harry's pasties and cakes. The sandwiches lay forgotten. Uh what are these? Harry asked Ron, holding up a pack of chocolate frogs. They're not really frogs, are they? He was starting to feel that nothing would surprise him. No, said Harry. But see what the card is. I'm missing a gripper. What? Oh, of course you wouldn't know them. Chocolate frogs have cards inside them, you know, to collect. Famous witches and wizards. I've got about 500, but I haven't got Agrippa or Ptolemy. Oops, sorry. Um, Harry unwrapped his chocolate frog and picked up a card. It showed a man's face. He wore half-moon glasses and had a long crooked nose, flowing under the silver hair, beard and moustache. Underneath the picture was the name, Albus Dumbledore. So, that's going to be all for today. Um, hopefully I read okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, this is just gonna be a little outro. Uh, Please make sure to follow me on whatever platform you're listening to this on. We are reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by JK Rowling, uh, the illustrated by Jim K version. Uh, I really recommend you to buy these. This isn't an ad. Um, I'm just saying these are actually really, really good. They have beautiful pictures and they are laid out amazingly. Um, so that's all I'm gonna read for today. I might, um, maybe two days time, probably gonna make the next episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of 3 Harry Potter with an 11-year-old. Do make sure to leave a voice link and message down below. Uh, There's a link in the description, Um, you can send in a voice message and tell me where my errors are, uh, what I need to do, constructive criticism, anything really would be great. That's all I have to say today, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you when I read another episode. Bye.